Cracky Gems Podcast is a lifestyle podcast where I talk about conversation, current events, and curiosities. Join me, Gems Wallet, Thursdays here at Cracky Gems Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. For podcast advertising, audiobooks, and more, why not check out my shop? Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash made by gem. The next steps is just slightly different. Hiya and welcome to Craggy Gems podcast. I am Gem Swallow. How are you? I hope that you're doing well. With any luck, technology has been on my side and you might have just heard the singer Lamar. Well, he, I'm not doing an interview, but it's a new thing I'm doing here at Craggy Gems podcast where I do a song of the week and this song has been in my head all day. So I thought I would torment you with it as well, you know, because I'm nice like that. So I was not going to do this yet. I was going to record an episode maybe next week, but I guess today is the day I find myself recording it. Totally fine. Just didn't expect it. So before we get stuck into it, I am Jem. I hope that you're doing well. If you've just found me, welcome. Welcome to my madness. If you are an avid listener, hi! I guess I'm back! (laughs) So, this episode is about exam results, the next step, and looking at it from, I would say looking at it from an adult's point of view, from, it's a weird one, looking at it from an adult's point of view, but also being a child in this situation. This episode has come to light because of a conversation I saw on Twitter, and it's one that really struck me because I see it from both sides. This has been, I guess you can look back, for me it's in hindsight, so for me, I'm a woman in my 30s, okay, so uh, some might say, well, Jem, you're quite young, or some might say, darling, you're over the hill, I I guess I sit on the fence with both there, it's okay, I'm fine, and so I came across this conversation online, and there was a mum, and she, I don't know like the ins and outs, but based on the context of the conversation I saw, this mum was feeling a little bit at a loss as to how to comfort her daughter because her daughter has chronic health conditions and her daughter doesn't know what her next steps are going to be heading forward. Can she move into education and what her body, body sorry, will allow her to do? I've been there and I figured that I have seen it myself because... This woman, to me, I can compare with my mum. So the strange thing was, when I was 16 and I got my exam results, the only adult I had showing me the way was my mum. And I think she did a really great job at comforting me. We were talking about this just recently, actually. You know those conversations you have when you kind of sat around shooting the breeze, you know, and you're like talking about days gone by. You're kind of seeing it in hindsight, you know. Well, we have those, you know, we have those conversations. Airing out the cobwebs, if you like. And um, yeah, so we were talking about this, and I didn't think that people talked about this anymore, but when I came across this on Twitter, I just knew that I had to record it. And I knew that there were going to be other parents. In the context of this, it was primarily mums, but there were going to be other parents that were thinking, how am I going to tell my kids it's going to be okay and that this isn't the last chance saloon? So a little bit of a backstory here. If you don't know me, I'm Jem. Greetings. Great to have you here at the podcast. This, This is a fun, safe, crazy and mad space. So I hope you'll enjoy it. 
I live with chronic health conditions. I do. I have migraine, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, taking a deep breath here, endometriosis, and sometimes it's a little bit of anxiety thrown into the mix as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff. The Lord gave generously, and I make a joke here, I'm not even religious. But yeah, the Lord gave generously and said, hey, Gem, you look like you're doing well, girl. We're, we send you some chronic health conditions, and they kind of stuck. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, you can't shake the little cracks off. But yeah, so I have gone through a life, I guess you could say, in my 30s. So I've been walking this earth for a good few decades. It, it's been interesting. Not the one I would have picked, I grant you, but it has been interesting. So to bring it to context, I saw this conversation and it reminded me of my mum, but with difference. The difference is that when I got my exam results, there was no internet. My mum was a single parent, and I remember the one that sticks out in my head, I remember going to my secondary school or high school, and I remember going there, coming back, opening my exam results, and feeling as though this is it. This is the end of my life. Literally, I've got nowhere to go now. What am I supposed to do? I where you had other teenagers at the time celebrating and planning where they were going to go, what they were going to do with me, I felt so low, the lowest of the low, and I thought, that's it. My experience, I was on a part-time timetable. When I hit 12, I got migraines. So I was on a part-time timetable, and none of my teachers decided, no one in my school decided to give me or offer me help. No one decided to meet me halfway. They didn't even believe migraines existed at the time. And the only really support I had was my small family. My small unit, we had each other's backs. And uh, yeah, for me, I have mentioned it here on the podcast before, I am from a single parent family. And to be honest, I think that has helped me out. But one thing is for sure, whether you are a single parent family or you have two parents, whatever family set up you have, if you have support, you have everything. If you have someone that loves you, and if you have someone that will be there for you, even on the darkest days, you've got everything you need. So every time the exam results roll around, I think back to this time, I guess you can call it a trauma if you wanted to. But for me, I just remember it and thinking that this was it. And wow, I remember I had three <laughs> on my exam paper when the results came in. An A4 bit of paper, white, with black font. I had three lessons and I got an A and two Fs. And I remember thinking, oh God, what now? So I wanted my usual goal, really. I wanted to actually go into performing arts. That was the idea. I was going to go performing arts and I wanted to basically become one of those people that travel around theatres putting on a show. You know, I wanted to be like an actress, singing or dancing, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on a, a bus travelling with like a company and they go to places like the Mayflower Theatre. If you're in the UK, wherever you are, you might have different ones. But I wanted to be in some sort of a production. When I got those exam results, someone really put a huge pin in that. It was like hitting a pinata, but nothing came out, basically. And I remember sat on my, being sat on my doorstep at home and thinking, oh God, now what? 
And I just remember thinking, the only one that really tried to comfort me was my mum. And so I had to look at this, but there was a saving grace. So for me, I remember when I was at school, there were a few lessons that I was really drawn to. I liked drama. I liked leisure and tourism, which was quite interesting because I don't know if a lot of secondary schools or high schools actually taught that, you know. But secondary, um, in secondary school, yeah, I had business studies, which I was interested in that. I was interested in drama. I liked music when they did it. It was kind of like hit and miss with those lessons. And they, I mean, they didn't teach you to do like, a, you know, you weren't going to go into like the school of rock or anything like that. I mean, let's be reasonable here. It was kind of a lot like sex education. It was <laughs> miss whether it was going to take place that day. <laughs> That's for another time though. But yeah, so with this, I just remember that my school life, a lot of it was disorganised. And I guess my results proved that. When I looked at what I was drawn to, I remember applying to a few colleges. They came back to me and they said, I'm sorry, you just haven't got the qualifications. Which really, when you're a teenager, you don't want to hear that. You kind of want someone to take you under their wing and be like, it's okay, you know, you can take a few hour lessons. You can do this. It's totally fine. I would like to emphasize, though, that back then, there was no internet. There was no internet whatsoever. The only time I think I saw internet back then was in the school library, and that was hit and miss. I'm not even sure if you could call that dial-up, but it was hit and miss. There wasn't a weird sound that came to it, but nonetheless, not everyone had the internet back then. Smartphones didn't exist, and everything was done by paper and a letter in the post, if you remember those days. So, <laughs> showing my age now. <laughs> but I remember thinking back, and thinking, where do I want to go then? What do I want to do? One of my favourite lessons that I did in secondary school or high school was leisure and tourism. And naturally, I really got on with that. I found it interesting. I found that it was stimulating. I found that I was just naturally drawn to it. And yeah, it seemed to be cool. When I applied to a college, I just got in by skin of my teeth because they had a leisure and tourism course and I'd already done leisure and tourism. So to me, it would have been repeating a year, but I had somewhere to go. And at that age, I didn't feel confident or ready to go out into the big wide world and find work. So when I got the letter of confirmation to say, Jem, you're going into college, it was like, oh, I can breathe a sigh of relief. Because when you have clinic health conditions, you literally have to fight 10 times harder than your peers. You do. Be it whether you have chronic health conditions that are physically limiting or emotionally limiting or mentally limiting, you have to fight harder. You have to adopt a really thick skin and it shouldn't be like that, but it is. It seems to be like that. And if you are planning on going to a college or you're going to go on to an apprenticeship or something, it's intense. They don't tell you about that. Sometimes they have a taste of day and you can kind of get to the idea of what the course is going to be like. But for me, I remember going from a part-time timetable at secondary school, going into a full-time education at a sixth form college and being overwhelmed. The paperwork, literally my whole week was spent on paperwork and carrying A4 ring binders and trying to figure out what lesson, and if you had a free period, you had to work in that free period, and it was just a lot, and literally in my head, I couldn't come up for air, it was like, you were in water, you couldn't come up for air, you couldn't breathe, so when I finished up that, it was hard going that year, and when I finished that, 
I still, no one taught me about the world of work and I mentioned it in the episode where I talked to Jordan Lee from of a Gla- Life of a Glasgow Girl and we talked about this very similar thing and that is when you're in education, if you haven't checked out this episode, uh, that episode, please go on back, you can find it, it's on my social medias at Radio Gem and when, or just scroll on down, you can see it in the playlist wherever you're listening to this episode from. When you think about your education, there's nothing there. They don't prepare you for bills that are going to be paid. They don't prepare you for planning, organisation. They don't prepare you for being an adult. It isn't until, for me, I think my later 20s, early 30s, that I realised that, oh, this is what an adult is. Oh, I just learned it like 14, 13 years later than I should have done. Okay, this is cool. Bit late to the party, but hi, everyone. I guess this is the world of being an adult. Is there a map here? Oh, there's not. Okay, cool. We're we're going with this, are we? Cool. Savvy. Fantastic. That is literally like, you know, you're there and it's like, get on with it. You know, that's, that's how this is. So for me, living with chronic health conditions... It's always changing. That's what I find interesting about this life compared to my peers and compared to the generations that have passed. I don't know if it's the time we're living in. The time we're living living in offers some hope, but it also offers you difference and offers you change. One thing that is for certain though is this past year, I think everyone's felt it. The goalposts keep on moving. And I think whether you're planning or whether you're staying, it's, it's hard to manoeuvre where to go. Add that to the fact if you have chronic health conditions, it's, it's a lot like that all the time. And that's what they don't tell you about. When I have a bad day, I can do something in the afternoon, can't do something in the morning. So if the weather changes, it affects me. When I was younger and I was at school, it was constant pain and I had to juggle pain with the fatigue and doing school. And then, you know, the fact that the school was on my mum's back for the attendance and it was just a whole big cauldron full of poop. That's the only way you could tie it up into a bow and be like, if you had to put this thing in a filing cabinet, look up poop and there you go. That's what that experience was for me. So when I have chronic illnesses, when I hit six form, it didn't bother me so much. I think I had fatigue then, but I was kind of like it, it was a different experience. I met friends. And I met, I had different experiences as a teenager. When I went on to all different colleges, I've done a online college. That to me, I think was a lot less stressful. So I've been to two colleges that you go to that some, as they call it, a lamb, I can't even say it, a learning campus. (sighs) Yeah, that's actually what they call it, a learning campus. You know, they couldn't call it just school. Oh no, they had to put two words there. Another one is an online, <laughs> an online college. I went with this one called the Open Study College. That to me, I found something that I figured, okay, so an option for me living with chronic health conditions is that I might want to become self-employed. I mean, let's look at it for what it is. That could be an option. So I'd already done leisure and tourism and I went for this one course which was event management and planning and building a business from home. The only thing the drawback to that was was that they didn't teach you the financial aspects. They taught you about, you know, if you had an event, what to expect from the event, from security to catering, health and safety, that kind of thing. But they didn't tell you about how to factor in, you know, your profits or 
you know, what you'd have to buy, insurance, that kind of thing. There was a lot that was that was lacking. And so I found the experience enjoyable when I was in having fatigue or something, I could go at my own pace. I did have a laptop, I did well, I had a tablet, I did have internet connection, so I was able to go at my own pace and it was fine. And I managed to get through that and I passed or got a merit through that and I was fine. It was one that I could actually say, oh, okay, I've done this. I've got that now. But I think that education can only take you so far. And also, if you can't go to education, this is the thing. For me, I had a plan in my mind when I was a teenager. There was a couple of things I want to try out. So as I mentioned, I was thinking that I wanted to go into dancing or acting then I was considering perhaps going into beauty you know if I couldn't dance and act maybe instead I could be behind the scenes doing makeup and hair and then in another aspect I was thinking about going onto a cruise ship and maybe doing something on there to because back then when I was younger it would seem travel the world a bit see the world do this do that and you kind of it's it's literally like a feral form of brainwashing. You have it in your head, travel the world, see places. And it's like, okay, cool. So I tried that. And because of family circumstances and personal circumstances, I chose not to go down that path. But what I found is that I guess it's like this for everyone. Unless maybe you have an apprenticeship, perhaps. I don't know because I've not met anyone that's really gone down that road. But what I've discovered is that you can have your life planned out. You can have your life, you know, I want to get, I want to meet someone, I want to get married at so-and-so, I want to have a a glittering career, I want to have this, I want to have that, I want to be fabulous, I want to have, you know, I want to have a wage coming in, this will be my life. And it very rarely turns out that way. When I look at my life at the moment, the health conditions are still very much there. And some days are really bad, even now, even in my 30s, there are still days where, if I'm being honest, that I have to remind myself to slow down and to pace. Things will get done, you just have to go a slow way about it. And you find that when you're younger, you try and fit yourself into a mould because that is what's expected of you. When you get to a certain age, you then discover you can't. You can't fit into a mould. Society wants you to, but you can't fit into a mould. You can't be superhuman. Your body won't let you try it. And you'll pay for it. And then if your body pays for it, your mental health pays for it as well. I remember when I was in secondary school that when I used to go there, and I think that looking back, maybe my migraines were trying to give me a symptom. So back then, when I had migraines, I had migraine with aura, which means I see a lovely light show, if you can call it that, and things drip from the ceiling. Yes, it really is that amazing things drip from the ceiling it reminds you of like a little bit of um what do you call it on the ceiling you know that white stuff that's on the ceiling yeah you probably said it that word <laughs> that drips from the ceiling you think oh okay cool so you've shown up cool i've got i've got to calm down now right gotcha and then you see as i've mentioned before you know you could be talking to someone in your family and then all of a sudden part of their face is like a big blob in the middle of it and you're like aura has made an appearance okay i'll roll with this that's fine that's cool so 
with me, I found that when I was at secondary school, I also got anxiety a lot. I didn't realise it at the time. I didn't realise my body was saying, whoa, hold the phone, shut the front door. This is too much. This is overwhelming. You've had enough. You can't take this. So I powered on because I, much like when I hit college, I was trying to keep my head above water and I was going under, coming up for air, taking a gasp and then going back down again. And what I didn't realise was that I had anxiety and I was powering on through that and that was having an effect because it's fight or flight. So you have anxiety, you power on through that and then your body takes a battering for it. And no one teaches you how to live with that. Nowadays, mental health is way more important. But I wonder if it is. As an adult that lives with chronic health conditions, I have had to have experiences with the benefit system. And it's amazing in the media, they say a lot about, you know, mental health and that it's an important thing. But when you apply for things and they make you anxious, it's like mental health isn't even a word. It's a buzzword for social media, but in real life, it's like, we don't care. Seriously, we're here to do a job. We literally don't care. That's what seems to come across. So when I come across this, you know, this Twitter thread and I was reading the responses from other people that have chronic health conditions and their, you know, their journeys through it. We've all had different forks in the road. We've all got different paths. When I look at my life, a lot of what has been interesting is that things that I've been actually drawn to, holding on to them, they have made an appearance and they've stayed. So when I was a teenager, you could find me always hooked up to a personal radio. I used to be, I've joked about it here on the podcast before, I used to literally be hooked to the radio, have one on my bed still do, one in my bed still do, but it's not hooked up because who listens to CDs anymore? But yeah, so now it's all Spotify and God knows what else. But for me, what I found was a lot of the stuff that I was drawn to has lingered with me throughout my life. So art, I'm still, you know, I'm still there. Sometimes I feel the need to draw, other times not so much. Creativity is still very much there. And I don't know, certain things like, for example, running a small business, that to me is interesting. And it's it's applying what you're into and what you're drawn to and trying to marry them up with what you can do. With chronic health conditions, be it whether they're emotional, mental or physical, they're not always the same on the same time. You might have like a 12 to 20 on the pain scale one day, the next day it might come down a notch, maybe it might be to 10, maybe it might be to 5. And, you know, emotionally you might have a, like a breakdown and cry and sob and, you know, you might be laying in your bed and thinking, when will this be over and thinking this isn't fair and yeah been there but some days you're like that and that's totally fine there's no pamphlet or leaflet on how to deal with chronic health conditions I've found they give you a diagnosis but they don't say okay here's a reminder for how to deal with this okay the symptoms are there you you match up with that fantastic you know the symptoms bravo we can offer you medication if you're lucky but the rest of it I'm sorry darling you're on your own I mean I've got other patients to see that is what seems to be there but living with it day to day what I find is that if you have to go slow, go slow. Right now, it's the 28th of August and we are having a bank holiday weekend. And it's weird because mentally, 
I have found myself to be so tired because of the weather. The heat keeps fluctuating. In the morning it's chilly, in the afternoon it's warm, and my body doesn't know if it's coming or going, and it's exhausting. Add to that the fact I'm trying to complete an order for somebody, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, and all the other things that come from being in a family, you know, hanging out with family members, and you are more than one thing. And trying to manage all that, but sometimes something has to give and you think, right, I just can't do you today. I'm just going to have to do you another day. And I've constantly mentioned this before on the podcast, but sometimes it just comes down to allocating time and sometimes you just can't do it and you need to rest because you can't pour from an empty cup. I myself um, at that space where I'm trying to not beat myself up so much. I know myself that when I'm quiet or I look dazed my other half will turn around and say what's on your mind and I say I can't think straight it wasn't until yesterday that I realized how much of my week is spent in battling brain fog and really you can't when you do get that crystal clarity where you can carry out a thought from beginning to end and then all of a sudden the next day you're trying to think right what have I got to do and it's just you can't piece it together and it is quite scary but you kind of think okay one foot, one step at a time. That's all I can do. Just keep putting one step at a time because my environment, I can't change. I can't change the weather, even though Mother Nature, I mean, seriously, we, we all know what I'm talking about, right? But one step at a time, and you're thinking, okay, it's okay. You know what it is. You know you've got fatigue. You know it affects your body. You're just going to have to really go slow because the more you try and go through it, that's it. Another thing is, it comes down to, is having respect as well. Having respect for your body. It comes from, when you go through anxiety, if you go through mental health or you go through physical health, something I have found is that you respect your body and you also see your limits. And you also know, or you can come to that place where you think, okay, I can sense a limit coming up. I'm not going to get to that because then I'm going to go downhill and that's just not fair on me after over something that just doesn't make any sense or you know it can be put off but something else is that when you look at life I am trying to get to the point now of trying not to look at the bigger picture because if (laughs) it's something we've all learned and something that I've learned is that if you look at the bigger picture or try and guess what the bigger picture is and you aim for it chances are someone's going to move the goalposts and that when they move the goalposts, you're going to feel so disappointed because it rarely works out the way you hope it's going to go into. So someone moves the goalposts and then you think, okay, so something that I've decided is that, okay, having control over something is, you know, is, it's important, yeah, but there is like a, a limitation to it. So for me, I have found that I don't compare myself to people on social media. I don't compare myself to people I don't know well because it's a fraction of their life. I've talked about it with Tracy Bailey in the interview that I did with her. I've also talked about it with Jordan Lee in the interview I did with her. Social media is a big one. So be it whether you are whatever age because most of us are hooked up to a smartphone or we have access to the internet. One thing that I have found is that I'll share what I want to share. That I have control over. Everything else, I'm just, if I, you know, when I'm away from that, I'm able to think clearly. I'm able to do things. I have more energy. Think about it. If you're at work or if you're at home, 
and you're maybe you're watching a movie wherever you are if you're mentally invested in something you're taking it on your concentration is going to break if you scroll through a, a phone or whatever and you're really just take, looking at snapshots of other people's lives for me I just find it a lot simpler to concentrate on what I'm doing because it's kind of like I think my spirit animal might be a hamster you know because you store it away you work around that wheel <laughs> you store it away and then I mean my spirit animal is probably something way off but we'll go with hamster for now you store it away and then at the end of it you think okay I've done all this hard work and I'm going to where I want to be because the small steps will get you to somewhere but the other steps are a little bit different you know, you, the bigger, wider thing, sure, you know, I'm, I guess we're all on a path to something. But one thing that I would say is what you're naturally drawn to is probably something you're supposed to be doing. It's something your brain is, you know, mapped out for. So whether you're a creative, whether whatever hobby you like doing or whatever thing you like doing, it could be making something, whatever it is, your brain is formatted to do that. There's something that is a part of your personality you like doing. And something that I have found is that by keeping that in your life somehow makes you see the world in a different way. And it also, it makes sense to process the world. Because if you tap into your strengths, sure, you know, like, for example, look through your Twitter timeline, see what's going on in the world, maybe watch something on TV. You're getting a glimpse of what's happening in the world. But then you cut yourself off and you do other things that you want to do. If you're building it up, then you're going to get somewhere. You're going to get somewhere where you're naturally drawn to. And what with being in the internet as well, the world, you know, the World Wide Web, you have groups you can join, you have volunteering you can do. So nowadays, there is so much more available to you. And, yeah, it kind of, there's a lot more there. So there's a lot more hope than not. It's just knowing where to look. So for me, I believe in small goals. I believe in the fact that if you have small goals and you're working towards something, great. You know, if you want to do something next week and you think, okay, I'm too tired today, maybe I can start something tomorrow. Start something really small and build up. That's how small goal, small goal, small goals. <laughs> I'm going into a different conversation there. Small goals work, and then you get somewhere. There is a bigger picture, maybe. It might not happen this year due to COVID, but everyone's on different paths. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But I believe, for me, one thing that's quite interesting is that even as an adult and a child, it's strange. When I was a child, I remember I didn't really pay much attention to the bigger plan. I was a kid. When I was a teenager and you were kind of trying to make this big life choice, I mean, who wants to make a big life choice at 16? You know, I mean, who does that? But you're trying to go into this big wide world, which really you have very little experience over. And the only really kind of adult you have to show you the way with a light that you hope works is your mum or your dad, or maybe you have older siblings. They're trying their best to carve out a world. They, I mean, you know, it's quite something. And then you're trying to plan what you want to do with the rest of your world. And then you wonder why, when it goes tits up sometimes, why you feel so rejected or why you feel so down. It's because there's no massive, you know, there's no one saying, okay, if you go down this path, you know, this will work out. There's no, 
I mean, you can read tea leaves, you can read tarot cards, you can visit, I don't know, a clairvoyant, whatever you want to do. But I don't know, maybe you've come across some angel that falls from the sky and tells you at 16, this is your plan. Follow this road, because I sure it didn't happen for me. I guess I was in bed that day, you know, and they haven't called me back since, so, and I don't have the number, so I'm just winging it. But yeah, so one thing that I have discovered, though, is when I was younger and I... It was mainly dealing with the symptoms back then. As I've gotten older, it's changed because my <laughs> I've gone into the world, I've met different people from all different like you know, walks of life. But the strange thing is is that family has been the one constant. Friends I met you know, at colleges and stuff, I'm not in contact with anymore. I've lost contact with them years ago. And I don't feel kind of I'm missing out on anything. And for me, one constant that has been, I've been lucky enough to have a close family. So one thing that I have had, I've got my mum, she also suffers with pain. So we have that kind of connection. But what you have usually is everything that you need. That is like the only thing that I can say really. And what you are drawn to is usually where you're supposed to go. So, uh, yeah, that was next steps. It's just slightly different. I hope I helped someone out there. I mean, probably not, but hey, I just figured that I was going to do this episode and it just happened to be today. I did not wake up this morning and think, I'm going to record today. That didn't take place for me, but hey, I guess some energy wanted me to do it. But yeah, so um, it's an interesting one. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know on the socials if you do. It's at Radio Gem on both Twitter and on Instagram, but all the details you need are coming up right now. Also, here's one. If you have a song of the week <laughs> that you're liking, then let me know. And I'll try and pick one, but let's leave it as a surprise. So I'm going to try and pick one. We'll see how this goes. And um, yeah, we'll see. Or I might pick it. Let's see. If I get any requests and I'll pick, you know, I'll choose them. Bear in mind that if you're listening to this via Spotify, you're going to get, you can hear the songs. If not, then I'll just tell you what the songs are and who it was that requested them. So you're in the loop. Don't blame me. It just seems to be Anchor and Spotify. So, yeah. Okay, so that was Next Steps and it's just slightly different. I hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget, if you're a small business, blog, podcast, you know, if you are someone that is carving the way in the world and you would like to get your business venture or project out into the world then do check out my Etsy etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash made by gem because you can have your advert on this you can you can have your advert on this podcast and you can have people listening to you you can and you know people scroll so they might just come across you you never know what have you got to lose Okay, so uh, yeah, I hope that you, <laughs> I'm fine, I hope you enjoyed this episode, I'm working on this new tablet and it's not easy to navigate but I'll get there, so not that you needed to know that, but yes, <laughs> bit of useless information for you there, so um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, I hope that this has helped and uh, I guess I'll speak to you next week, thank you for checking in, I am Gems Follow and this is Quirky Gems Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Quirky Gems Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will speak to you again next week. If you want to follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, check out at Radio Gem.
Até já.